Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. As we close in on free agency in the draft, we look at the Bills' offensive line. Stay or go? Which players could have played their last games in Buffalo? Plus, the change on the coaching staff. What Aaron Cromer brings to the O-line. And speaking of changes... The staff's going to look a lot different in 2022. All that's coming up on this week's edition of the Buffalo Plus Podcast. Welcome back to the Buffalo Plus Podcast presented by DraftKings. Mike Catalana, Dan Fates, I am Jenna Cottrell. Each week we're going position group by position group, looking at which players we expect to be back in Buffalo and which guys we think would hit the open market. This week it is offensive line. There's a couple of characters that I think will be quite polarizing if I had to guess. Uh, Mike, let's start with you. One of the guys that kind of comes to mind in this is John Feliciano. We know he's a guy who signed an extension to be with the Bills. He's going to be 30 years old this season, had a calf injury this year, wasn't on the field as much as Bills fans would like. Um, He's under contract, but the Bills could kind of easily work their way out if they wanted to. What do you think they do with Feliciano? Yeah, I don't think he's back. Um, you know, I like Feliciano. I, I mean, we all look back to when he re-signed and he's sitting out on the deck wherever he was in Florida, drinking a beer. It was cool, right? He's been that guy. He's Josh's guy, recovering that fumble in the end zone uh, for the touchdown and, and just his vibe and talking about, as we know, Dayball's fat face, all those things. I think he has been that kind of guy for the team. But I think he disappointed them physically last year when he came back as a much smaller player. You know, that was the impression we certainly got from the coaching staff that he wasn't asked to do that. And I think he lost something there physically. I don't think he was the same player and, you know, dealt with injuries and COVID situations. So um, I think they already showed their hand there to move on from him. Um, Mm. I don't think he's a guy that's going to be in Buffalo this coming year. Yeah, I think he became a victim of that next man up. Like he was a guy that missed time. And then all of a sudden, Daryl Williams moved inside. Spencer Brown played well at right tackle. We'll get into all those guys. But I just think it was part of a victim of circumstance. Like it, it, That's just the way that it is. And we have seen, Jenna, the Bills not necessarily move on quickly, but we'd, we've looked at times where we're like, oh, like they were injured this year. They'll be back next year and they'll regain their form. And it's like, nope, they're gone because yeah. it's, it's that quick. Um, and it, there's a lot of shuffling pieces to go around his connection, his vibe with the team. I, I do think he does. He is that he, I think he is a glue guy. I, I really think he yeah. has been, even when he wasn't playing much, uh, this year, he still was, you know, was still that guy. I felt at least from the outside, obviously we're not in the locker room, but I still felt that he was a part of that family. Um, you still saw him animated on the field and stuff that when he was on there for like kickoff or uh, with, uh, extra points and stuff like that. So I agree with Mike, but I wouldn't be surprised if there is some level of reworking the deal to to, to get come back and to have him be a, you know, a depth guy more than starter money in my opinion. 
I, I'm I'm going to be a little stronger with that, Jenna. I don't think he's back. I don't think he was one of the best five on the offensive line this year at any point. And it's great to be a glue guy, but you know, as hard in the NFL to be a glue guy that isn't the guy that's ready to play that can play. You know, we've seen him at moments. He's you know moved inside, and we've saw him play mm-hmm. some center. I don't think they feel that way. Um, now there are some issues too, and I know we're going to talk about some of the other guys. But if you look at this offensive line, I don't really see a role for him going forward. And I think they're going to okay. look, they're going to look and invest a little bit draft wise and a little bit free agency in, in one form or another to find those type of players. Two things stand out to me about Feliciano. And one of which is when he signed his three-year extension recently, Dan, you were looking at it and you're like, this is essentially a one-year deal. Because of the way the Bills would be able to get out of it. Now, they have a cap hit this year of $4.9 million, a dead cap hit of only $1.5 million if they were to cut Feliciano or move on from him. And I think that screams like, yeah, this is a guy that could be a low-cost move to kind of move on from. And then also, too, of, of just Brandon Bean saying at the end of the year, it's not what have you done for us, it's what are you going to do for us. And Feliciano had trouble staying on the field. I mentioned that calf injury also some other stuff. I think in, when you saw his opportunities dwindle because of that, you saw other younger players step up. And I think the NFL is a really tough business. I agree, Dan. Like, I think he's a guy that kind of, you know how much he's a fan of Allen. I think he's helped Allen become way more comfortable and kind of bring out the personality. I think mm-hmm. he's been a good leader on, on the offensive line. But at the same point, when you're looking at what they have and what they're going to do, I could definitely see them moving on from a guy like him. Yeah, to Mike's point, I agree. I don't think he's a a, a top five guy on this offensive line. I think that if he is, especially in Buffalo, a top five offensive line guy, you have a problem with your offensive line. That being said, if his agent is looking around and saying, hey, there aren't a whole lot of starting opportunities for you. Do you want to stay in Buffalo? Do you want to go back up in New York for the Giants with Dable. Do you want to go that way? Yeah. Do you want to do something else? Or if he says, look, players have taken less money. We saw it, not taken less money. Um, how, how, how can you say it? Like Mitch Morris gave money back. It's not like he gave it back. Bean took it from him. What, 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 yeah. would, he, would he want to do something like that to stay in Buffalo, to be on a Super Bowl contending team? I know. I, I always think it's the dumbest thing when fans are like, well, why wouldn't he take less money to stay here? Why wouldn't he take less money to stay in Buffalo? This may be one of those rare cases where he's a fit in the locker room. He thinks he can add some depth to it, Mike. Yeah. I can see that side. You're speaking like it's going to be his choice. I don't think it's going to be. I really don't. I think they realize they need some changes. Look, we're going to talk about the whole offensive line, uh, but you've got your tackles, your starters, and Mm -hmm. I think, and we'll talk about it, you've got your center. I don't see them making a move there. They could, but I don't see them making a move there. Um, mm-hmm. And I just don't. I just don't see it. I think they're going to invest a little bit. They did a little bit. Uh, you know, number seventy-two is eligible on the play. You know, so uh, Doyle got his touchdown. Like there's guys like that, but there's also going to be there's going to be guys that are looking to to step in, whether it's free agents or draft. Maybe that fit them better. And of course, look, you got a new O line coach, and we're going to talk about Aaron Cromer. Sometimes they yeah. have preferences too. So mm-hmm. um, that's true. And Janet, you you got him coming back or not? No, I can see them moving on from him. I think yeah. there's. I think this year there's going to be so many changes that we've seen this group be so. Just in general, this entire team have so much continuity. 
I think this is a year where you just see more, more fluctuations. Jenna, when you or I say something, this is Dan. <laughs> is that rolling your eyes? Like, is that He's rolling his whole head? <laughs> yeah, it's not even an eye roll. It's a whole neck roll. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know, okay. Jim. Don't know, Jim. <laughs> Are we doing a friendly bet? Do we want to do a coffee bet? No, I, I don't think he comes back as a starter by any means. No, I'm no, no, no. I no. think there is this a is route. just on the I roster. Think, correct. I yeah. think there is a way that it could get worked out for him yeah, to be back on the roster. Way. He also yeah. could be trying to earn that roster spot during camp. Sure. That's true, too. Right? He's on the, you know, yeah. I, if they don't need to make a move cap-wise, and because that mm -hmm. happens, you know, and then you start looking and they've drafted a guy, a free agent, somebody comes, you know, you've got some guys coming back from injury, too, so... It is yep. opening day roster. That's the bet. Opening day roster. All right. Another guy that I feel like has been uh, polarizing, uh, maybe not even polarizing, Cody Ford was drafted by the Bills a couple years ago. He's under contract. Um, he'll have a dead Ted cap hit of only $800,000 this year, cap hit of $2 million. He's a free agent next season in 2023. Dan, I'll go back to you. Cody Ford, I feel like when it's Brandon Bean's guys, you know, what is it? We want to draft, we want to develop, and we want to sign. And I just don't know if they've gotten that development out of Cody Ford like we were all expecting him to be. No, it's fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I think we have seen how many times Cody Ford has gotten chances at tackle, at guard. It just hasn't worked out in Buffalo. Um, injuries have also played a factor into his, yeah. you know, career in Buffalo this just kind of has been the writing on the wall. Um, I thought going into last year, we heard a lot of talk about um, being in McDermott talking about how he could be a top five guy that it just was injuries and all those things. Uh, he is not a top five guy uh, at all in Buffalo. And that is absolutely a, a position that they need to upgrade. And uh, like you said, small cap hit off a rookie deal. I, I think yeah. that's pretty easy to move on from Mike. I, I don't know if they will. And here's what Ooh. I was thinking is he started seven games last year. He's been that guy. He's the GM's draft pick. And look, if Bean's made one bad miscalculation, it was, and I'm not saying he's going to be Wyatt Teller. I'm not saying that, but he drafted Wyatt Teller late, gave up on him yeah. early and he's become a great player. I'm not saying Cody Ford's going to be that I'm saying is, you know, Spencer Brown looks like they could have had a real player there and he's going to start yeah. at right tackle. Um, and there's also the other part, and I know this is minimal, and our friend Joe Biscaglia loves talking about this, but there's also towards compensatory picks. He's a draft pick. He would be playing through his last year uh, and then goes into that, depending on where he would sign. Still a young, former, what, second-round draft pick, depending on yeah. how he is. Again, yeah. he's also a guy, and we're saying this, it doesn't mean they need to make a move in March. Now, they have some moves to make for the cap. We understand that by yeah. the first day. Yeah but it doesn't mean they have to. You know the way GMs are, Jenna. They don't like to give up on draft picks. Well, they really don't. Is, he's also going to only be 25 years old, which he I feel like... seven games last year. I to say, I feel like if he's your guy, you drafted him. That's another thing, too. Like, how willing is being going to be like, I made a mistake, I made this is a bad pick, this is a bust. And, you know, it's funny because we heard Bean talk so much about not going up to extend to get guys because that's how they're going to be graded. Cody Ford is a second round pick. He does not live up to those second round pick expectations. So right. 
Do you move on from him and say, this is a loss. We're just going to cut our losses. Or do you say, Hey, he's, he's only a $2 million cap hit. Maybe we can still work with him. Maybe we can still better him. Like you said, Aaron Cromer is the new offensive line coach. Maybe he better fits what he wants to do. But I think when you look at the results on your, on the field, it's obvious that Cody Ford has, has struggled. So Mike, it's like, at what point do you, at what point do you move on? Mike, you said, uh, GMs don't like to give up on their guys. Uh, they also don't like to see their quarterback get killed. Um, I think that's another thing too. Uh, he was a liability this year. Guys. Very good point. Like, like he just was. I, I, the the game that sticks out to me the most is the Jacksonville game where yeah. Josh was under constant attack, yeah. and that was a lot of Cody Ford. Um, that yeah. that that was a big problem. So, if he's not a guy that that you have any sense, uh, can go in there and do give you a game or two. I, I, I just don't see what, what we don't know. We know what there is to Cody Ford. There's no more. Well, what, what could he be? We're not talking about this was a, a one year or two years. Like this is, this is a trend. It's injuries and lack of production yeah. that, that I can yeah, see it fair. kind of being time to cut the cord. I don't disagree with you for what he's been. Um, I'm saying is, and as I, why well, I mentioned this move on from guys, these are moves that could be made at a later time. And, and John Felicio may be that guy too. But we don't know. Like, here's the thing is we're all speculating on this. We don't know what's been said in that room. We don't know when they all sat down after all these meetings and they're like, yeah. this is when we're going to do this. This is when yep. we're going to do that. We, we don't know. Some of it may depend on how they do in free agency, how they do with the draft. And then they make decisions. And Jenna, mm -hmm. you point out it's good to know these these cap numbers. Like, what's yeah. it really matter when you get yeah. there? And yeah. uh, so we'll see. But it's I just think, man. There's something about a GM sitting there going, he's a second round pick. And look, there's a lot of second round picks that, I mean, he's done well. The bills have done well in the second round. That's not yeah. one that has worked that way. So, you know, that's the only reason I think he has, he has got a shot to be around at least to camp. And then we see what happens. I was to say opening day roster. I don't know if I see him right. on there, but getting to there, I think he could be someone that the bills have, also, like depth wise, you can kind of see where you're at. You can go from there. Yep. Um, another, this guy is interesting. Daryl Williams under contract. He signed the extension, obviously. Uh, he's a free agent in 2023. Cap hit this year of almost 10 million. Dead cap of almost 4 million. Potentially, you could get out of it in 2023 because it's only a, a $1.8 million cap hit. But Daryl Williams was someone that I think we had. It was like the run it back. It was like, oh, this was great. He played so well in 2020. Let's run it back. You know, the Bills will be able to do it. And then, Mike, he gets that extension. And then this past season, we saw him really struggle in, in moments that we weren't expecting. Yeah. You know what's interesting is two guys on the O-line started all 17 games, Mitch Morris and Darrell Williams. Well, some of that was by necessity when they lost, you know, and they mm -hmm. obviously wanted to see Spencer Brown at that right tackle spot. And so yeah. Williams moved inside and he stayed there uh, and played. And again, some of it was in ineffectiveness of other players. You mentioned that cap number. That's a real thing yeah. in terms of what do they do? That's not a deal, Dan. I don't believe that they thought of as a one-year deal, right? No. That was more of a two-year deal, it would seem, when they signed him. Because I think his was yeah. a three-year contract, too, wasn't it? It was, yep. Yeah. Three-year, um, $23 million deal. Started all seven. Now, just because you start all the games, you know, Quentin Spain did that. Uh, Super Bowl player Quentin Spain saw that, too. Um, but 
you can start and then them still want to move on from you. But that one might be a little harder to do money wise. Like you got to really not want him in the lineup. How big was that cap hit again? The cap hit is 9.9 million. Yeah. You're not doing that cap of almost 4 million. Yeah. 3.6. Save five, right? You essentially save 5 million, right? Save 5 million. Yes. Correct. But you're opening up a spot, you know, again, it depends on what you want to do. But next year, 2023, your dead cap hit is less than $2 million. And you can do a gen- after June 1st designation. You can split it over to – I mean, there's all kinds of moves, you know. Yeah. And we talked about it in the last podcast with Josh's number going up. Like, there's reasons to do things at different times. That's but here's the too. reality. We don't know what they really think, right? We don't know. Yeah. I mean, he did start every game. That's At two true. different positions, he, he bounced did. around. You're right. Yeah, he could be that. You're right. It, I think that's, that, that's part of that is where we, we've joked around about, you know, this this Buffalo Plus platform that we've built. Mike, what do you always say? Under, <laughs> undersell and then overperform, <laughs> right? That was Daryl Williams the previous year. A $1 million flyer played phenomenal right tackle, yep. and he was great. And then we're like, damn, he played too good to come back to Buffalo yeah. and then they signed him and we're like, this is a great deal. And then he plays and you're like, maybe he's a guard. You're like, what? <laughs> what? Like all of a sudden it's like, it's like the X ex- we moved the goalpost back on Daryl Williams. And all of a sudden yeah. it was like, eh, maybe he's a guard. And, and again, that's a lot of money for a guard uh, to some respects, Mike. I mean, you're going to think yeah. about a guy nearly 10 million for a guard. Again, yeah, teams, teams have been paying more. They've been paying more. You're right. He got paid like a tackle. Does it mean yeah. you can you rework that? I don't, you know, I'll I'll that's save true. that for them to to figure that out. If we that's Garrett on this pod, we need yes, Garrett. My nephew, <laughs> my nephew, it works. Knows basketball. Knows the cap. Works for the Philadelphia Union. He'll be running that franchise soon. Uh, <laughs> Shout out Garrett. That's it. But um, yeah, and and understanding what. But some of that depends. If they if they're hell bent on having him on the roster, they'll figure out the money part, and so will yep, Darrell yep. Williams. But um, it's yeah, nice having it, yeah. it's nice having your right tackle now be on a third round rookie deal. Oh yeah, so yes. You, you, you do have that. Like, let's not lose sight of oh, that. Yeah. Now, hundred percent. You got so. both tackles set, right? Yes, I'm, like, I'm not missing something here. You no. know, no, no. Dion. Spencer, yeah. Spencer Brown's cap hit this year is one million dollars. Yeah, that's pretty good deal. nice. It's a good deal. Yeah, that's pretty. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I'm gonna just do the free agents last, or like closer to the bottom. But let's do Mitch Morris then. Uh, under contract right now, four year, forty five million dollar deal. Free agent in 2023. This year, a cap hit of eleven point two million dollars. Dead cap hit of almost four million. Um, I know he had a restructuring of his deal um, in terms of taking less money with the team, but Mike, I, I feel like there's obviously a spot for him on this roster. I think so too. Started every game. They put a lot on his plate. Uh, we've talked about, there's gonna be a lot, a lot of changes for Josh Allen. Uh, I mean, I would say you're not going out signing a big name free agent to play that mm-hmm. spot. Now I believe they're going to look for an interior lineman in the draft mm-hmm. and maybe it's a guy Likely it's a guy who can play that center guard and maybe is the guy going for next year. If you're Mitch Morris, you know, last year of a deal, again, he's what, 30 years old. 
He's I was just looking up that old. So days. it's not like you're looking at, but again, if you, is he a guy during this year where you spread that out a little bit? I, you know, again, this is the way teams operate. Um, depending on how they graded out and the way they look at, I actually looked back at what Aaron Cromer had in the offensive line um, with uh, the Rams. Cause he's most recently, you know, for a few years with the Rams, John yeah. Sullivan and Brian Allen, two guys, similar size guys, shorter. I mean, Mitch is a pretty tall guy, but shorter than, um, yeah. than Mitch. Uh, we don't know what it ha- What happened the year before when it was the mystery of Mitch and what happened yeah. and he wasn't playing like there was some strangeness. But again, I said 17 games plus the playoffs started everyone. And in fact, I went through his, I had a little free time, huh? went through his snap counts. The only time Mitch was off the field was in blowouts. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah and he sense. played all snaps. Every game that was, you know, that Miami 35, nothing, the Washington, all yeah. those, they were the only ones he didn't have a hundred percent of the snaps. So if they had a problem or maybe it was just because they didn't have anybody else, they really trusted at all. But I don't see them moving anywhere for Mitch. That goes back to what that confusion two years ago now. Yeah. It was that was after the concussion. Yeah. And that he That's that was true. We still have no idea why that was going on, anything like that. But I don't think Mitch Morris gets enough credit for what he did this year. Yeah. I, I really think we talked about the shuffling of guys, Feliciano going out, Butker going out. Uh, Spencer Brown coming in, Dion being out with COVID at times, like all of those things. Mitch Morris was the one rock again with Daryl Williams, but he's bouncing in and out that, that that you could really depend on. And I think they put even more on his plate with Josh's development. Um, I, I just think that he, again, I'm with you. I, I thought it, at times in previous years uh, going like, man, this guy's the highest paid center in the league at the time. And like, what, what are you really getting at? I thought when when they did when they were able to run the ball successfully, he has some speed to get outside and get downhill. He can pull. I think he's just done a phenomenal job of being that calm, mature presence. Um, mm-hmm. I think Dion is the the hype man of that mm-hmm. of that offensive line group, and then you have Mitch Morris who spends all of his money at Old Navy in, in the Gap, and he's a dad now. Like that just fits uh, the the old man with the beard. Like it, it just. He fits this line. I think him and Josh have gotten along together really well. I, yeah. I just really think that it makes sense. I think he's that security blanket because mm-hmm. you've you've seen so much rotation and so many guys coming in and out. And like you said, I think Dion brings the juice, one might say. Yep. Whereas Mitch can kind of be that steadying force, that guy that, you know, him and Alan, like you said, have a good rapport. And I think he really does bring that father of two mentality of like all right guys we know what we need to do let's just do it type of thing and not get too overhyped at times and i think that's been important for this team and i think it will be moving forward um all right moving on now ike bucker free agent this year uh tory's achilles obviously in december it's tough to go down with uh he'll be 28 years old he was formerly on a one-year two million dollar deal he, he played well yeah. in the spots that he did, but coming off an injury like that, there's always going to be questions. He's, he's going to have to prove he's healthy. He can be on the pup list uh, yeah. to start out. I think that's what we're going to see. So his injury was what, in December? Yeah, it was the Patriots game. that, that And, and you know, I think they talk about uh, anywhere from six to, you know, to nine months to 12 months is usually, again, with an Achilles and the guys coming back and guys have come back from it. It used to be yeah. done. Guys have come back. But I think like Butker's in that spot where, you know, the team 
likely can keep him in that, you know, rehab and uh, pup list as yeah. a, that type of player. Because, hey, look, you know, um, they signed Bobby Hart during the year this year. Yeah. You know, so, Don't, I mean, like, there are why. Let's no, the reason I bring that up is there are It's times- so funny. Wait, before you go, I was like looking at all the free agents and Bobby Hart's name was on the list. And I was like, for Dan's sake, I'm not even going to add him. I was like, well, I, I only know- added him because that's the spot they were in when they had to sign Bobby Hart. Like, and this is why I'm saying is a guy like Ike Bucker is not going to go out, come off pre- an Achilles and have a, a bunch of offers here. I think he's going to be a guy that maybe, you know, could be in that spot to rehab. And he, he could be a guy that, doesn't play like you don't know. He's coming off an Achilles. Yeah. Well, it was really a shame that day when he got hurt. Yeah, that's the thing too, where it's like his second Achilles. Surgery. Yeah. Two two quick things. Bobby Hart got cut by the Bengals <laughs> offensive line. Like, let that sink in first of all. Let that sink in. And then he was also, I believe, on the Seahawks. He played for a couple games in the Seahawks, where their offensive line was also atrocious. Well, this is my point is like when you're in that spot, you're signing Bobby Hart. So to just dismiss Ike Ike Butker, maybe Ike Butker's a guy that is around and he's rehabbing. And at some point he can come in and be, you know, a a, a player on the roster as a backup. But again, count on him. You're not. No, you're not counting on him. But He's Ike not. also played his way into a yes. earned a yeah. starting role. The way that he finished the year before, and then the way that he came into camp and was really good. And Josh and all those guys had so much positive things to say about Ike. Again, if he's healthy, if he can get yeah. healthy, I think he's another guy that you like to have at competing for your your top five. I really yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. I think just that's a big fair. Just, with an Achilles. Just that's the thing. Hip. I think the reservations are how healthy will he be? Because that's obviously a concern. Um, yeah. Another Ike guy, Butker, that... Ike Butker and my daughter, Shane, both have had two Achilles surgeries. How about that? <laughs> Shane's so recovered Shane from hers. Suiting up for O-line. Yeah, three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Can Shane, Shane rec- give him any snaps at guard? Uh, I don't think so. Is Shane is... good enough for the roster this year? The, the, the final 53. <laughs> I don't think so. I yeah. don't think so. Maybe we're practice still... squad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're, we're working on agility, but, but we'll get there. <laughs> She's got some. She's got some time, thankfully. Yeah, yeah she's got some moves. All right, another guy you mentioned that Josh Allen spoke highly of, uh, Ryan Rick Bates. We know Allen. It was Rick. glowing reviews. He's a restricted free agent. Uh, Mike. I mean, the way Josh would talk about him, I think he's a guy though that impressed in the role that he was put in, and yeah. I think it's someone moving forward. The Bills would would likely want to have back. I think he was the victim of his versatility, and I yep. think that does happen at times for guys who can play different positions, so they're never thought of as the guy. Until they yeah. have to be the guy, and then he plays well. He's not guaranteed a starting spot. I can say no. that. I don't. I know he played well, and they were happy. But they will try to draft or sign over him. There's no doubt in my mind. That's what they're yeah. going to attempt to do because they're going to look for. You know, they could be using, and that's why I wanted to mention. You know, in the draft, like they could be using draft capital for an interior offensive lineman that could earn his way to start. But Ryan Bates is coming back. They're going to sign him. I don't think anybody's signing him to an offer sheet. I just, that's not that restricted free agents don't leave. He's going to, he'll be coming back. And I think they want him back. And I think they would, they would be okay. This is my impression. Again, they got a new O-line coach, but my impression would be they'd be okay with him starting. They're going to try to get better on the O-line. 
Yeah. yeah I, I think I, Brandon Bean wouldn't be doing his job if he didn't yeah. try and find someone to start over Ryan Bates. But I think when he played Dan, you were, you were, you were surprised. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Yeah. Mike Mike said it best. Victim of his versatility. Yeah. Ryan Bates will have a long NFL career on NFL rosters. I don't know how many games he'll start because he's not necessarily going to be the best center on a, on a roster and he's not going to be the best guard on a roster, but he's good enough to fill both spots and be that break in case of, you know, break glass in case of emergency to be ready. And that's what he proved. Um, and that was, it was really nice when Ike went down that, that, you know, Rick stepped in, played really well. So I think that that's there's a, a spot for a guy like Orion Bates on every single NFL team. Yep, yeah, I agree. I think the Bills would like to have him back, um, unless they can upgrade, which is like they would say at every position. But I, yeah, I, I really think I, I would I would expect him to be back. Yeah, and yeah. and you know what is interesting, and I found, and I think it's changed over the last few years. I think the the importance of the guards has really risen. Um, he used to be left tackle first and foremost, yeah. huge money, the whole thing. Yes. Obviously a left tackle is important, uh, yeah. but you know, into, it's just changed and it used to be, and I said this about versatility, you know, and fans know this, but I'll just repeat it. Anyhow, most of the time a team dresses say seven offensive linemen on occasion, eight, but seven. So you have guys that can go play center and guard mm -hmm. or, Tackle, either tackle, usually yeah. either tackle, but you know, Daryl Williams is a guy who's played guard and tackle, which is a little different. Bates has at different times in his career has at least practiced there and been at, he's not a tackle, but usually that's the way. So you operate in a way to say, I've got two extra guys. One guy can swing out. The other guy goes in. Um, so you need that versatility and that's what Bates has, has been for them. So I yeah. think he's, I don't think there's any doubt he's going to be back with a new deal. All right, everybody, listen up because you don't want to miss out on this opportunity. The Super Bowl is here in DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL is here with a huge offer. They're counting down to Super Bowl 56, where new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on the Bengals or Rams to win. All you got to do is bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That is right. Bet just $5 on the Rams or the Bengals win the Super Bowl and DraftKings Sportsbook will give new customers an additional $280 in free bets if the team they choose wins the game. Now, if the sportsbook isn't available right now in your state, you still have something to play for, so don't worry. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at a million dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. I use DraftKings. I love it. So remember, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code BUFFALO+, Plus, all caps, no spaces, and get 56 to 1 odds on the Rams or Bengals. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. Remember, that's promo code Buffalo Plus at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Yeah, I agree. How do you feel going forward? Like, what do you make of this Bills offensive line in the future? We know they had their struggles during the year this season. But where do you think they'll be at? We've seen other teams rebuild their offensive line in a year. The Chiefs kind of come to mind for that. But where do you think they are now heading into this 2022 season? Like? I, I think it's still in flux a little bit. I mean, like I said, I do, you know, I think for Mitch as the center uh, and the two tackles, I, I think they're very excited about Spencer Brown. Like, yeah. He wasn't perfect, but he does bring that level of 
aggression and size and physicality Enormous. to that position, which is, I think, what they wanted. I think Dion is going to be I – mean, we know Dion made the Pro Bowl. We all love Dion. He didn't play like a Pro Bowl player all year. COVID messed him up. He admits that, but he still played better as the year went on. Yeah, he he found well. his stride and played better. Yeah. I think he comes back next year and plays like more like Dion. In fairness to him, that was a lot to go through. Uh, yeah. So if yeah. if if Spencer Brown takes that jump and Dion is Dion, well, that's a pretty good place to start, I would say. And now you're looking for more on the interior. But Dan, there were times during the year when that O line was not good at all. And this team, you mentioned that Jacksonville game. There were times when they were getting beaten up, and. You can't have that. You can't have those games where they're that bad. It'll be, to me, what we'll be telling is this position more than anywhere else. I don't know which direction they will go in the sense of, will they try and become that Sean McDermott-like system or do they mm -hmm. want, what does Ken Dorsey want to do? What does Aaron Cromer want to bring? What systems do they want to impart? Because I think we saw the difference with Brian Abel having more of a finesse style system as compared to what Sean McDermott wanted to be this big physical team. And I think that needs to be addressed more than anything over this off season. Yeah, but I think we know what direction they're going to go because Sean McDermott hired Aaron Cromer and he promoted Ken Dorsey, he and Brandon Bean, meaning like, I don't, I shouldn't have said, I know where they're going to go. They know where they're planning on going. They're not bringing in Aaron Cromer. If he's not going to run what they want to run. They're not Correct. promoting Ken Dorsey Correct. if he doesn't want to run. What that is, and again, Aaron Cromer's been around this league a long time. You you adapt to the talent that you have, right? You Correct. do. And, and they, they have some pretty good talent there, but there's changes that need to be made. So I think, Dan, what you're saying is we don't know what that is. It's not, Correct. I don't think, I don't see a disagreement amongst the staff because they just promoted these guys. Yeah. But I see a could be a change in philosophy that but, fits more in what they want. But I felt like it was an identity crisis where yeah. it was trying to fit a square peg into a round hole during this season where it was like, we're going to be this big physical team. And it's like, well, you're mm -hmm. not a big physical offensive line. So how yeah. do you do that? And I go, so that is what I think needs to be addressed. And we've heard Brandon Bean say it time and time again. First and foremost, he has to protect Josh Allen. That is the number one goal. But then guess what? Your second goal isn't going to be to run the football. It just isn't. You have Josh Allen on your team. It's going to be to, to allow Josh to do what he does best, which is yeah. throw the ball in a high-powered passing offense. You have to get better at running the football, but the type of lineman you bring in will tell a lot about the type of running game that hopefully they can in install. Running game, and I go back to this all the time, Jenna. I want to see them... I know it's a transformation. I, they, they, don't, they haven't had the athleticism enough. And again, I yeah. think Spencer Brown brings that. And Dan mentioned, mm -hmm. there was a few times Mitch Morris out in front of plays, or even Dion yeah. saw that in that game in New England. I want to yeah. see them be able to – is it too much to ask to see a slip screen or a screen game from this team? You know, Apparently it has been. <laughs> it has been because they, they, they don't do it. By the way, the, I, I wanted to mention again, the guy we didn't really mention was – 72 is eligible on this play. Uh, Tommy Doyle, touchdown maker. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he's a guy who's in the mix, right? Yeah. I mean, he's a guy who they, they put out there as yeah. an extra lineman a lot. Um, he's going to get an opportunity to show what he can do, I think. 
Yeah, no, I agree. He's under contract, obviously. $3.7 million deal, free agent in 2025. Yeah. Uh, touchdown maker, as yes. many what is it, as many playoff touchdowns as Emmanuel Sanders. Yes. In the in the postseason. <laughs> yep. In the yep. postseason. Yep. Love that for him. Um, yeah, we, we didn't talk really about him. Spencer Brown, obviously, we mentioned just being on his rookie deal as well. Deion Dawkins being under contract and just where the bills are in terms of tackles and being set there. We talked a lot about Aaron Cromer and what we expect from him. Obviously, Bobby Johnson heading to be with Brian Dable with the Giants. So the Bills getting a new offensive coordinator, a guy who has been with Buffalo earlier on in his career, most recently with the Rams. Um, and he was also offensive coordinator, or not offensive coordinator, um, offensive line coach, as well as run game coordinator. Um, Mike, this is a guy that you probably remember. Oh, yeah. Well, he was here for two seasons with the Bills and uh, under Rex. And, uh, you know, everybody knows he, he his tenure got off to a strange start. Yeah. It was an altercation. His son, who's a coach, too, was with the Rams, um, uh, was with with him. And there was an altercation at their lake house. And yep. he must yeah. somehow there was contact with underage people hit them. There was a fight. I, I don't know. We don't know the details. All I know is the charges got dropped quickly. But the Bills suspended him for six games. And after the six games, he came back. And I give him credit. He stood up, answered questions. They stuck with the suspension. And then he coached. And he's I mean, he's had a good reputation around the league. He's been an offensive coordinator before with the Bears. Mm -hmm. uh, the Rams trusted him a lot. And of course, you know, he ended up leaving the Rams. But um, he's had he's had a lot. And I and I do think this. He's a guy who's been around, who's called plays, and it's also I find that to be somewhat helpful for Ken Dorsey because he has two guys on his staff that have called plays in the league with, yeah. you know, Cromer and, uh, and with uh, Joe Brady. Joe Brady. Yeah. 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 I like the veteran side. I, I like that. He's a guy that's been around and, and Mike, to your point, it's so to me, it, it's so tricky to sit there and say, well, this O-line coach is going to come in and do this. Right. It's like, Nah, like he did that where he was because of the talent that he had. So again, um, I think Eric Wood talked about it that that he really liked to hire. I think he tweeted about it and that he, he was he a great coach. Yeah. yeah, and that yeah. he was a coach that again adapted with the line that they had, what how they reworked things. Uh, so yeah, it, it was a Stacy a familiar face, a veteran guy. I think uh, checks checks the boxes for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I think, I think again, though, this just plays into there being more new faces, more mm -hmm. type of changes coming for this team. Um, also more changes, Bob Babich, linebackers coach who had been in the league for a long time, retiring. It's kind of thought of that his son, Bobby Babich, who is the defensive backs coach um, will kind of take over. Uh, that's a guy obviously that we know very well, just going to Bill's practices and yeah. stuff, but um well, that's, you... that's an interesting that's an interesting move. And Bobby Babbage has been around. I, I do think there are times we just mentioned Aaron Cromer with his son coaching. There's a lot of fathers and sons, including yeah. like, you know Shanahan's and all that. But yeah. um, I think sometimes a guy is looked at a little differently, especially when he's a his name is a junior and everybody. But Bob Babbage has been a really good coach around this league a long time, and his son's been around. And I was hearing a story. Uh, I think it was Sal Capaccio. I was listening to a story about. Bobby Babich was coaching in the senior bowl. I got to get this story right. He was coaching in the senior bowl when he noticed this safety coming out of college that he worked with the safeties during camp. And uh, he's a guy who ended up being with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, 
Jordan Poyer. And he liked yeah. him. Oh. And Poyer ended up getting drafted by the Eagles. Babbage was with the Browns, I believe, when they oh. brought him in and then came to the Bills. And and I, at least he was with – I think it was he ended up going to the Browns after he got cut. And then he was with the Bills when McDermott brought him in mm-hmm. and really liked Poyer. Now, again, Jordan Poyer's a talent, but at that time he was an injured seventh-round draft pick, Correct. went to the Browns, didn't do much, and then all of a sudden he goes to the Bills. These guys can coach. And honestly, I think the linebackers – this is no disrespect to any other coaches, but I think they could use some change. I think they could use some things a little differently. So when I look yeah. at this, even like offensive line, Bobby Johnson seemed to be a popular guy, got a lot yeah. out of some guys. Doesn't mean he did a bad job. It just means sometimes different eyes, like you said, Jenna, can help things. A uh, guy yeah. who's been on the staff, but now he's taken over a different position. And we, Dan and I specifically, we got to see a lot of Bobby Babbage working with Trey White, Jordan Poyer, yep. Mike Hyde, Levi Wallace, because the way practice is set up, and Mike, you know this, like they're right in front of us. So you yep. see the rapport that they have. And Dan, I was always kind of impressed by the way that Bobby Babbage would challenge the guys. Like they obviously had a good rapport, but he'd be like, no, do that better. Like I think that's important too. Well, I always remember, Jenna, Don, if you were next to me, one of the times he was going through a drill. And Poyer and Hyde, all them looked at him like, "What, what, what are we doing?" And he's like, "No, no, no trust me on this." And he's like, "I, I no, I, I saw this." And they asked him, "They're like, where'd you see it?" And he's like, "I don't know. I saw it online." It's like, "Just do it, guys." It was like <laughs> he's it was on like YouTube. The, yeah, was that like, the tennis know. ball one? No, it was like no. he was pulling a bag, and they had oh. like they tackle and spin the bag. Yeah, okay. it was it was great though. But like he explained the drill, and you saw Poyer and Hyde be like, "What the." <laughs> Dumbest thing I've ever seen. Where did you learn this? And he's like, oh, trust me, trust me. Read it, I saw it online. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, let's go with it, man. And and that's the one thing that always I think impresses me too is when you also get to see these coaches. Mikey talks about it. They can coach any position. Yeah. You, so many guys, you're sitting there and you're like, oh, this guy is a offensive guru. And it's like, yeah, but he got his start coaching defensive backs. And then yeah. he was the defensive line coach. And then he was the wide receivers coach. And then he was the quarterbacks coach. And now he's the offensive coordinator. I think You're Gable like, started as a defensive coach. Defensive coach, I believe so. When he so, was yeah. first in the NFL, started as a defensive coach. But it's also interesting that there are guys, because they maybe played that position. Chad Hall comes to example. He was yep. yeah. got really high thought of. He was a wide receiver returner in the NFL when he did play. But you... If a guy can coach, he can coach. He has his expertise in that position Correct. as a player, but that doesn't Dorsey, preclude yep. him from doing something else and moving right. up the ranks. And, you know, uh, so look, that I think first and foremost, you, you want this. And Jenna, I said this to you before we came on. They're either moving up or moving out. If you're a younger coach on this staff, if you're not ready yeah. to move up in a position, yeah. I, I'd be yeah. surprised. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, it, I think that's very fair. You almost think like that. That's makes sense. And, and we'll see what they end up doing when they make this official and what they end up doing in the secondary. But, um, yeah, seems like a positive move all around. I agree. You know, this is me kind of just thinking out loud, but like Bobby Babbage taking over the linebackers, if he were to take over the linebackers job, I wonder what the dynamic between him and Tremaine Edmonds would be. Like, I'm just genuinely, again, I'm just thinking out loud of like, because I remember, Mike, I came to you a couple years ago and I asked because Tremaine had been drafted and he had been in the league for a couple years. And I remember being like, the linebacker coach is always working one-on-one with Tremaine, always. And I was like, what does that mean? 
Well, you know, they shouldn't have to be. Is that the wrong way to say that? I mean, like, there's a point where, like, like he's a first-round draft pick. Now, hey, you guys said it. Like, no, maybe Bobby Babbage is the guy that he – maybe it's what his dad couldn't get out of him. I I don't know. I think it falls on the player. A lot of times we like to – you know, there's a way to blame coaches for everything. Right. And a lot of times it's on the player. But there are, you know, coaches, make players respond to certain things. Look, I, I find watching and listening, I think Tremaine Edmonds is a very coachable guy. I, yeah. I see him as a team first guy, hard work, all those things. There's just that part that I think we've been frustrated with where we don't see him taking that next step. And so it's interesting they're making this change. You know, Bob Babbage decided to retire. In a year which is very big for Tremaine Edmonds, yeah. right? Yeah, I just I'm I'm just genuinely curious to see how things will play out. Considering yeah. and maybe it will be like you said, maybe that fresh set of eyes and maybe a different approach and maybe things will click because we know or, Tremaine Edmonds stand is so young. Maybe it answers some things that they're thinking. That's true. I feel like this season will get an answer either way. Yeah, Dan, you want to say something? I know. No, I, I no, I just think that it's this is what most NFL teams deal with on mm-hmm. a yearly basis yep. and the bills haven't had to deal with that for the last two plus seasons. So they've been pretty good and pretty fortunate to not only keep coach and coordinators, but they've kept a lot of position coaches. Uh, very mm-hmm. little ha- has changed. So this is what NFL teams deal with and it's how you handle this. And I always thought it was interesting when McDermott had talked about how continuity is great, but messages can get stale and that's all yeah. we're really working to make sure that it doesn't happen. So now this is the year where there will be new messages. There will be new voices in the room. There will be new people calling the shots and how they will handle it will either, you know, make or break them, I guess. Yeah. No, I'm with that. And I I actually believe it's going to add some energy to them. I agree. And and, I mean, because look, still McDermott's there. Leslie Frazier's there. Brandon Bean's there. Like the core. Josh Allen is there. Uh, and a lot of veteran players are there, you know, Poyer and Hyde. We always talk about this. They get, they start out from a really good spot. So it's mixing in people maybe in different roles, but I think it's going to be, I think in that sense, it's a positive thing. They're losing good people, good yeah. coaches who are just going on to other uh, circumstances, but it doesn't mean you can't make a change. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, we'll continue our off-season work breaking down each position group. This was offensive line, we, like we talked about. Uh, please be sure to like, comment, and most importantly, subscribe to the Buffalo Plus channel. Uh, we're getting ready. Dan's heading to Indy for the Combine, so we're going to have a lot of video of that. And Dan in uh, Indy, I'm sure he'll enjoy himself. But uh, thank you so much for watching. For Mike and Dan, I'm Jenna. We'll catch you next time on the Buffalo Plus channel. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.